morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead. Special welcome if you stayed up late to watch Eurovision last night and have still made it in this morning. Congratulations. As you know, our Minister Katrina is away at the Baptist Assembly this weekend, so we are really delighted to welcome back our friend, the Reverend Edith Dawson, to lead our worship this morning. We are delighted that you're with us, Edith, and thank you so much. Also taking part in our service are Emma, who will lead us in the Lord's Prayer, Tamara, who will read scripture for us, and Nancy, who will lead our prayers for others. Our musician this morning is Paul, and in just a moment, Nancy will light our candle for us. Then at 7pm this evening, our evening reflection will be led by Rebecca Gebauer, and that will be on Zoom only. Uh, for those who hope to attend the funeral of the Reverend Dr Gordon Martin, former principal of the Scottish Baptist College, just a wee reminder that it is at 10am tomorrow morning in Neilston Parish Church. Uh, as the current principal of the college, Ian has been asked to make a contribution to that service, but anyone who remembers Gordon uh, is welcome to attend. This is the beginning of Christian Aid Week, and you'll remember that the link to our Just Giving page for our appeal was in the May edition of The Key, but I'll also uh, drop an email around everyone this afternoon just giving you the link again. And I think that's all. So time now for Nasi to light our candle. Thank you, Nasi. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. So good morning, everybody. It's, it's lovely to, to see people on Zoom as well as be here present in the room. I want to read to you from Psalm 133. It is truly wonderful when relatives live together in peace. It is beautiful as olive oil poured on Aaron's head and running down his beard and the collar of his robe. It's like the dew from Mount Hermon falling on Zion's mountains where the Lord has promised to bless his people with life forevermore. And we're going to start by singing one of my favourite um, psalms, Psalm uh, 24, The King of Love, My Shepherdess. Thank you. 
um, the third verse of that psalm, when it says, um, perverse and foolish, oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Whenever I sing that psalm, I actually want to dance for joy at the last line, do you know? Because it, it, sometimes we just have to be happy and joyful and and that always seems to me something that's really lovely do you know that idea of um home rejoicing you're not going to just ponder back you're going to be really really happy and yeah so that's my sadness in life i suppose <laughs> um i'm going to read you a couple of prayers um as we come to worship our god Eternal God of wonder, might and power, how can we offer humble adoration if we bow our heads, our hearts might still be raised in arrogance. If we kneel, our minds might st still stand tall with pride. And if we're silent, inner thoughts might overreach themselves. If we speak the lowly word, intention might demean our spoken word. Love us, Lord, and let your love through, uh, flood through our hearts, mind, and all. Then we will love, and in our loving, learn to be with you, and thus adore you. And just a little prayer of confession. Compassionate God, we know we are sinners. We look to you for the forgiveness which will release and renew our living. Forgive us that in our insecurity, we often overstep the mark and claim you as your own and fail to hear you calling all the peoples of the world, your beloved. Forgive us that in our need for identity, we overreach ourselves and reject those customs and traditions which are not our own. Forgive us that in our need for affirmation, we put others down and fail to see you kneeling and lifting all people to the one true God. Out of the modesty of your love, forgive the arrogance we both clearly display and cunningly conceal. Hear our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And we have the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
readings this morning is from John chapter 13. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. let's pray. Loving God, thank you for that lovely music and reflection. And we pray that as the words are shared, that it might touch our hearts in a new way. Amen. I was told if I put my paper on, it might be okay, but I'll hold on to it in that way. Um, I am have got into the habit, because I've worked so long in England, that I script my sermons. And, and it makes me comfortable because um, 
when I get excited, I speak too fast and people then don't understand me. So I, I don't ask for forgiveness for the fact that I do this. People have said to me in the past, do you know, the fact that you've scripted it means that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to, to encounter it. But I'm like, hey, I've spent a lot of prayer time on this and it still works in your heart, you know, and I only printed it off this morning. So if the Holy Spirit was wanting me to change it, I would have changed it, you know. But it's, it's really important to me that I do this. And so I make no... I'm not apologising, I'm just explaining why I'm doing what I'm doing. Love one another as I have loved you. It's, it's a really, in some ways, a comfortable, but yet an uncomfortable Bible reading. I might have told you before um, that I really enjoy pondering the stories in the Bible. Who was there? Who was listening? And what was happening that caused the story to be there? Do you know, why did John put the story where he did. And it's with all of that in mind that we have to come to the encounter with Jesus and his disciples. It is moving to look back at this moment in Jesus' life, which is why the take this moment, time and space is lovely. Consider the tension between light and darkness. And I wonder, I always ponder, I wonder if the disciples had thought that the end was nigh. They weren't really sure what that means and they had lots of questions in their heads. And today we are living in the brightness, you could say, of knowing that it sort of worked its way out. The morning came and the sleepless night was over. And it made me think about my own sleepless nights. And I remember the night before going to London for my final interview with BMS, and that kind of dates me because it was before Didcot. There was a fire, I lived in Carlisle, and uh, there was a fire in the old building which was just behind me. And the whole night, all I could hear was the firemen's voices, the crackle of the fire, and the whir of the blue light as it went on. And I thought, I'll sleep in the front, and all I could see was a blue flashing light. And I thought, I'll go in the back, and all I could hear was crackle, crackle. And there was nowhere to escape from what was happening. Morning came, and I struggled on a train, and I slept all the way to London. I had a couple of days in London, and the return was almost as bad as I had to race to get on the train leaving London. BMS did say yes, and I also remember that as I left the train in Carlisle, I saw a man and he had something on his bag that identified as I'm a Christian. I blurted out, are you a Christian? And he said, yeah. And I said, can I tell you, because I haven't been able to tell anybody, can I tell you that God has accepted me to go to Zaire as a missionary? And he said, bless you. I don't know who he was. It was the end of the journey. And it was good to share my, my news. And it was memorable. But what was also memorable about that occasion was that that night, overnight, came the hurricane. That seven oaks became one oak. So that kind of dates it back in October 1987. Memorable nights sometimes they stay in our minds. 
the memorable night that we're thinking about in the Jesus story, it's that last supper, that Passover meal. The meal's over. The mess of the dinner table's evident. Crumbs, no doubt, spilt sauce, greasy plates. And no doubt they're all tired. Maybe they were anxious as they'd been warned of betrayal and they're wondering, why did Judas leave in a hurry? And surely it's time to go home. But Jesus had just started and begins to share with them once more about his father, the spirit, and how love sums it all up for us. And I often wonder, why do they need to be told repeatedly to love one another? But then Jesus had lived with them, and so I suppose he knew them, and he knew that repetition was necessary. He had began the night with an act of love as he washed their feet. None of them did the common act. He does it, makes some comfortable yet, causing discomfort as the master does the servant's job. Looking around, Jesus sees Peter, who will betray him, and sees Judas, no, sorry, Peter, who will deny him, and Judas, the betrayer. And as Jesus shares bread, Judas goes, and the darkness arrives. His exit, that's Judas's exit, begins the events which will lead to Jesus' death. And so it's now time to explain things to them. And the next few chapters in John <coughs> are quite full on. But the main point is that Jesus is going away. And he wants to comfort and prepare them for the future. It's a time of darkness. Yet Jesus begins by saying he will be glorified and his father too. Jesus knows that his coming departure and death will be a great shock to the disciples. But he is stressing right at the very start that he is on his way to glory. And after saying this, he calls them little children, that term of endearment. And I remember I call people hen all the time. And even down in England, I would do it. And one girl got really offended why I called her hen. And, and she was always calling me me duck. And, do you know? And, 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 but, but it's a term, you know, like when you explain it, it's a term of endearment. You know, oh, well. But little children, little children, Jesus says. And he goes into his farewell speech. And we see, we've seen quite a few farewell speeches in the Bible. And if you want to think about some, have a look at Jacob's, Moses, Joshua, and David. You know, they all did big things. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, do you know? Jesus has to tell them, you can't go with me. They will look for him, but his way is not for them. And he has to prepare them for living without him, being physically present. So they need to love one another in the same way that he loved them. And in many ways, it's not a new commandment as the Jewish law is summed up as love your neighbour as yourself. 
and it forms part of most moral codes. And it's also a universal human experience that it's not easy to put into practice because of our selfishness. And as an aside, when I was working um, in Kingsmill Hospital in Mansfield, my Muslim colleagues used to say, why do you love us? Do you know? Because I would make sure that if the room wasn't, help, it wasn't to be used, that they had alternative places to worship. And I would make, we used to lay out the Friday prayers, put out the mats and all that for them. Why do you love us? An interesting question. And somebody once said, what does it feel like to be a Christian loving a Muslim? What is new is that Jesus gives us a new motive and a power. We do not love others simply to fill an ethical demand. So it's not love your neighbour as yourself, which in some ways is that ethical demand. But it's in response to Jesus, as I have loved you. And that wonderful verse that almost every child learns, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he loved his disciples to the extreme of washing their feet and going to die for them. Throughout the centuries of poverty and persecution of the church, there is one characteristic the world could not ignore, as homes were opened up for the poor and the needy. See how these Christians love one another, says Tertullian, one of the early fathers. But in the same way, the church has been criticised for the hypocrisy of caring for themselves. We fight amongst ourselves about who is right and who is wrong. We make judgments about others and we exclude people because they don't fit the right model. And I remember back in the 80s as I left a violent marriage and after becoming a Christian, I was asked to go back to my husband and be reconciled. And I said to do that might mean death. And I was told, that's an exaggeration. When I left, it was he would murder me or I would murder him. And I thought he wasn't worth doing time for, so I left. But it was just, you know, like that crassness that you don't under, if you don't know what domestic violence is like, you don't know the pain that people live in. And Jesus repeats again and again, love one another as I have loved you. And I wonder, who are our outsiders today? Would we have a Muslim say, How do, why do you love us so much? By living your life? I mean, I was humbled that actually they saw that love. Think about how Jesus dealt with his friends, ambitious James and John, I want to be first and second, Peter, who's hot and cold, Thomas, who questions. He doesn't give up on them. And when we think of the encounters that he had with the people he healed, some really smelly, 
the blind man, I'm sure he must have been, as we would say, minging, do you know? It, it, can you imagine, because he doesn't even know where the toilet is, he must, unless somebody's helping them, the possibility that, yeah, well, you can imagine. Ugly because of leprosy. Strangers, beggars. He greets them and treats them as individuals. He cares for them. And it comes back to that whole paradox of the Christian way that God the Father could be glorified by the crucifixion of the Son. We need a love that is willing to put others' needs and their hopes seriously. And we require <coughs> all the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be thinking about that when we approach Pentecost. That Holy Spirit who's gifted to us to enable us to live that life which draws men and women, boys and girls, to come and to know that the church doesn't always fight amongst itself, but it opens up its house to say, come and join us. And in some ways, when we see the response to the Ukrainian refugees, we could say that it's been opened up, but yet there's also the chancers that would abuse that. And it's about showing that compassion in the right way. We need a love that is willing to put others' needs. Jesus showed that as he washed his disciples' feet and put their hopes seriously. He lifted them up. They thought it was all gone. And the Holy Spirit is being gifted to us. And so we pray. Glorious God, we are called to imitate the great love Jesus had for his disciples, a love that's only possible through his love for you. Fill our hearts with this love and strengthen our will to love the difficult people in our lives and those we fear. Help us to share love in the wasted places of this world, for we long to be known as your disciples. Amen.
Now we come with our prayers for others and for each other. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your great gift of love, which defies all expression. Constant, total, inexhaustible, flowing out to us like an, a never-ending stream. Thank you for loving us before we ever loved you and for continuing to love us even when we fail to love you in return. Lord Jesus Christ, you showed us what it means to love without counting the cost, giving even your own life for the life of the world. We have heard today your command, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So now we pray for all who seek to follow your commandment, however hesitant, partial, or imperfect our love might be. Inspire us through your love. We pray for those new in their faith, still learning more of you, still uncertain perhaps of their commitment, still discovering more of your love. Keep their love always growing. We pray for those established in their faith, facing the daily risk of growing complacent, stale, settled into a comfortable routine. Make their love ever fresh. We pray for those whose faith has crumbled, no longer holding the trust they once held, no longer feeling you close by their sides. Renew their love, we pray. We pray for those whose faith is costly, those who sacrifice time, money, energy, security, health and even life itself in the service of others. May they know your reward. Today we pray for those facing crisis and trauma for whom love seems a distant dream whether in war-torn countries like Ukraine and South Sudan, in cash-strapped homes in our own city, wondering where the next meal is coming from or how the next bill is going to be paid, or in individual lives affected by homelessness, bereavement or illness. May your love be shown through those who work for peace, justice, support and healing. From our church prayer diary this week, we pray for the technology team. For Jennifer, Neil and Jensen. For Yang Yang, Antoinette and Spencer. Bayar and family. Talash, our BMS mission partner Joy in Nepal, Adi, Moji, Esther and David, Elham, Ali, Benjamin and Bardia.
May they all experience your love in their lives. With our family of Baptist churches in Scotland, we pray this week for all who worship and serve in our Baptist churches in Dumfries, Duncan Street in Edinburgh, Dundee Central, and Dunfermline West. Guide them all, we pray, as they seek to be salt and light in their communities. BMS World Mission this week focuses our thoughts on the country of Afghanistan, almost a year after the Taliban takeover. With the exit of many foreign aid organisations, Afghanistan is now facing severe threats to the survival of its people. Watch over them in love, we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, your love is for all, whoever they may be. May it reach out then into every heart, in every place, and may we be a part of that, learning to love you as you love us. Amen. been gifted an extra 15 minutes um, for Zoom time and to enjoy your time on the, the computer. I make no apologies for a short sermon. Sometimes short is good. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you today and forevermore. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give each of you and your homes peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, go in peace to love and to serve our God because your worship here is finished but your life of service continues. Thank you.